Hey everyone, and welcome to We Wrote the Book, the podcast where every episode, a bunch of theater nerds get together and try to write a brand new musical. I'm your host, Christian Adderholt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Olivia Wise. Hello, everybody. And today we're actually going to be doing something different. We're not going to be writing a brand new podcast today. Well, brand new musical today, kind of. Uh, We actually had a really special guest who was going to tell us a little bit more about musicals. So hey, um, thanks everybody. Nope, nope, nope. I said that. Uh, not you, not you, William. Olivia, how, why is he here? I thought you were gonna tell him that we gave him the day off. I weren't you gonna do that? Was was I gonna do that? I forgot. I asked we we kind of said William, it over the phone. I asked William to do it. I asked him to do it. Yes, I did tell myself that I was. I gave myself the day off. But then I talked to myself and I realized that I was still very important and I probably should get the day off. Oh, crap. Um, okay, well, no, we have an actual... Interdepartmental. We have an actual knowledgeable guest uh, coming in. Um, I mean, I could just be another, like, host and we could just have three no. hosts. No. Oh, God, no, no. Nobody does three hosts in a podcast. It's too many hosts. Yeah, I mean, like my brother, my brother, and me, or yeah, but they don't have guests, William. Yeah, William. Everyone knows two, two's Ever? company, three's a crowd. Three's a crowd. What's four? What's four? Four is crazy town, brother. Exactly. Four is crazy town. So, William, we're gonna need you to leave. Um, I'll just like, just like, I'll just, you know, okay, I'll just you hang just, out. William, here's the thing you turn your video off, you're the producer, okay? It's like Conan. That like sounds Conan that sounds like a it sounds like a promotion. You're our Matt Gorley. I, I just that sound it, so so I am being promoted by title only. <laughs> title we're not raising your pay from zero to five. It's fine, fine. You get the promotion. You get the. We'll talk to HR, and we will we Move will get the paperwork starting. Okay. To the east side. Yep. Great. Okay, let's try this again, Olivia. Let's try this again. Okay. Today we have a very special guest. We're actually, um, we're not going to be writing a musical today. We are going to be learning about what a musical is and like how one, how a professional writes a musical because we're certainly not professionals. And um, we're just, this is kind of something we're hoping to do a little bit more of is interview interesting people, learn about what they do, learn about stuff that they're knowledgeable on, whether it's about musicals or about specific points in history. And then um, we're hoping to maybe even start making some musicals based off of that stuff we learn. Mm-hmm. But we figured before we could do that, we needed to learn what a musical was. So we invited Richie and um, you're about to hear our interview with him. And I, I, he's hilarious. I'm excited to show it to you. Yeah. Richie Candidate is a playwright, a director, an actor, um, and a dramaturg. Um, who is currently in grad school for playwriting? William, William, William. Transition y- yes, to yes. Transition to the interview. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey everyone. So um, uh, we have someone here that's going to teach us a little bit more about the process of making a musical and um, how he does it. His opinions on kind of like what. Uh, a musical needs, why we make musicals, things like that. Um, it is Richie Candidate. Hey, you guys. Hi, Richie. Hi. 
We're so happy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. <laughs> we are really excited. This is this is uh, the first time we're doing something like this, so we're really really excited to see how it goes that um, is so weird i've never been the first at anything so <laughs> i'm usually like way behind the curve check it off the bucket list <laughs> yeah totally i was just like whoa old town road is really good <laughs> so um I, I guess the first thing that i want to start with is um what led to you like working in theater making musicals kind of like what's just a give us a little bit about your background yeah, totally. Um, well, okay. So when I was 12, um, my mom like pressured me into trying out for a play. Uh, okay. Regional theater was doing a production of 1940s radio hour. Oh. Um, and I shouldn't divulge the regional theater because they totally changed the script. Like they added this like group of kids <laughs> that like wasn't supposed to be in the play. It's a Christmas play. Um, and I was like really into it. And then I, you know, so I became a child actor type and uh, was in a bunch of musicals as kid, as a kid and uh, a bunch of other plays too. And, and just kind of like took that into my adult life. Uh, I became a theater professional and was a um, resident member of Bloomsburg Theater Ensemble for about 13 years. Um, and then I, now I'm getting my MFA in playwriting at the Hollins University Playwrights Lab. Um, and I, you know, I've seen a big evolution. I, I've gotten to see theater from lots of different directions. And right now I'm kind of like in my like post gatekeeper phase and I'm, I'm in my like post actor phase. Um, and, and so now I'm just like, well, okay, I'm going to write plays that I'd like to see. And sometimes they're musicals and sometimes they're plays for kids and sometimes they're body adult comedies. It's just whatever comes out. <laughs> Since you do have some experience writing, you know, uh, a musical or a play, obviously the, the main difference between a musical or a straight play is the amount of music in a musical versus a play. But what would you say are like some, in your opinion, what are some big kind of differences that like when you sit down for a play, you're expecting one thing or when you sit down for a musical, you're kind of expecting something else? Oh, that's such a great question. Yeah, because your expectation like really colors what mm -hmm. you think of the experience for sure. Um, you know, uh, my feeling is I, I grew up with the notion that a musical needed to have like the big numbers and it needed to be splashy and it needed to have a like sort of simple story without too much subtext that you can follow pretty easily and you leave like snapping your fingers. Um, and then when I was a teenager, I saw the Fantastics for the first time uh, at the Sullivan Street Theater in New York in the village. And it was so small and so intimate and so quiet um, that I felt like I had had something, some experience that was that was deeper than I was expecting to have. Like, I don't know, I guess it was like a very influential yeah. age for me. Um, and so I have a hard time, like really drawing the line between what I think a play versus a musical like needs to achieve. Um, because, you know, I really, really enjoy plays with music. I like to have my cake and eat it too, you know, like, yeah. and I, I write a lot of those, like very Shakespearean. Um, yeah. Well, I think that he was onto something, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and like, it's the same, like Aristotle says the same thing, you know, you gotta have like the, you know, the music portion. Um, it's a, it's a big part of it because it's part of the um, pageantry, I guess, of, of that kind of 
dramatic storytelling. Um, so, I mean, I've seen, I've seen plays where I was like, Hey, you know, this would make a really good musical. Like this play kind of sucks, but, <laughs> yeah. but like, if it had like some snappy numbers in it, right. And it had the, you know, the, like the opening bop. And if it had like the, the big, like inspirational, um, you know, I can do this song right in the middle. It would improve a lot of plays. Um, but the Sometimes that structure helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's also true otherwise. Like, you know, why is this a musical? Like, what are they even like singing about? Like, who cares? So well, you, you don't like to... a Mar- Escape from Margaritaville? You don't think uh, that that's a, a I am not musical? familiar with Escape from Margaritaville, but it sounds like something I would love. It is. Um, who wrote Margaritaville? Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett. It's his it's a musical about um, you trying to escape the, the the main characters are trying to escape corporate life that turns you into a corporate zombie so you can get to Margaritaville. I don't know and how we didn't pitch musical. this. <laughs> that, is, that sounds great. It sounds like a like an escape room sort of like interactive mm. thing where like a bunch of parrot heads like show up in a room and they have yeah. to like find where the booze is. It, I, I mean, I would, I would love, I would love that, but I, I sort of want like an escape from Witch Mountain feel, like like full action, like in a car, like full on. There is just this corporate volcano that. You well, know, it's it's funny you say volcano. Deadlines. I'm pretty sure it's very like tiki themed. I do know that 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 was the that that's the yeah, goal. I, I do know for the premiere, like the Scooby Doo movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, Animatronic but, birds, like exactly. Yeah. Everybody cheers, chants salt at some point. If you've ever been to, <laughs> if you've ever been to a Margaritaville restaurant, they have a giant salt shaker hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. and they'll cheer, chant salt, 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 and salt yeah, yeah. will rain down from the ceiling. People walk in and they're like, "Oh, it's not lost. There it is. Exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there." That's uh, and uh, what were you saying about the Fantastics is actually kind of uh, kind of funny because William and I were we one of the first shows we did together in college was the fantastics. We were the, um, the bandits, whatever, h- however you want to call them. Cause there's not an appropriate way to name them anymore. Right. Um, and, but we, we've always talked about, it. it's like, we love the show, but we kind of view it as the best show that should never be done anymore. Just because of kind of Ooh. what it says, you know, I, okay. So American theater magazine, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> just posted this thing a couple days ago that was like, what musical should never be uh, performed again? I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a that's a funny that's a funny slippery kind of slope. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think the Fantastics. Um, first of all, I think that there was some kind of like additional update. Like, there was a change to the. Well, it's just it, it's the rape song. It's called. Yeah. That's what it's called. Uh, there was, but there was a change to that recently i don't know like i mean do you really think it should never be performed again or like do you think it's like is it like shakespeare where we're gonna like you know uh soften it and reinterpret it throughout time like is it the kind of thing that should remain like i much prefer producing that than like flower drum song you know oh god oh god uh. or seven brides <laughs> or seven brothers or like, oh, there's, like there's a bunch of like really like holiday shitty, yeah yes yeah, and I think it has to do with the the director, um, because you can really shine a light on some terrible shit and make it like commentary, depending on how it's true. the performer is, the, the angle that you put, you know, place on. Right. 
something. Oh, that's what they, yeah. they completely recontextualize Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, people yeah. are raving. I didn't see that production, but, you know. Didn't they serve it. chili in the audience? That's what I, that's what drew me in. <laughs> <laughs> every play, every play needs chili served in the audience, Please. I'll just say. Yeah. I had this idea one time to do a, a, like a kid's musical about a backyard barbecue and I wanted to put a barbecue grill on stage because I wanted people to like come into the theater and like the smell of hot dogs just like wafting over them and like popcorn and stuff doesn't that sound great yes it's like uh yeah what is it Frankie Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune that he's a short she's a short order cook and so it, it takes place in their apartment and the the idea of it is they work at a diner together but the way he like expresses affection is through food so he cooks throughout the entire show. So you have to have a working uh, fridge and a working stove and he has to know how to be a short order cook. That sounds awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. It's also done mostly in the nude, but that's a that's next <laughs> oh, that's beside no. the point. <laughs> yeah. You lost me. <laughs> yeah. Food safety. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just raw meat. Um <laughs> oh God. Why'd you say that? Uh, you took it there. You took it there. Right. That's on you. <laughs> Let's pull up, shall we? Um, <laughs> so there's musicals have kind of like evolved and you were just talking about like you do, you write kind of what you like and the, but there's so many different types of musicals and kind of genres. If somebody, I don't know, was interviewing you and asked you to list the genres of musicals that you're kind of like, that you would comfortable, be comfortably like categorize musicals into, what would they be for you? Oh, gee. Well, I feel like my genres are like, like strangely specific because I'm not like really a musical theater, like aficionado in general. Um, I think that like there is a, there's a group of, there's a time period where musicals uh, were not afraid to lean into um, genre and like certain, like, like, okay, for example, one of my very favorite musicals is, um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, no. Hang on. Now, hang on. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. That is my guilty pleasure musical. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've just made a friend for life, and we're going to have to hear about it forever. (laughs) But, like, isn't it so fun that, like, they used the the Aristotelian, like, notion of structure and, like, chose a a story that people kind of already knew so they can like screw around with within the play in terms of genre. So that you've got your country Western song and you got your reggae song and you got your Parisian cafe song. Um, And so I really like the sort of pastiche musicals, musicals that aren't really afraid to like be different from scene to scene. Um, And I used, or to like from sequence to sequence. And I used that, that feel for my most recent musical. It's like, well, you know, this really needs to be like a, like the, uh, like a rock and roll style dance number, but this really could be like a bluegrass song, you know, okay. and it's okay yeah. to like kind of put those genres together. As I feel like a lot of times musicals, by the end of it, it's like you feel like you've heard the same song, but in different forms, mm-hmm. th- like for the last two hours, like 12 times, just a lot of the same. Uh, so I like it when like people are not afraid to like kind of make it feel like you're switching channels a little bit. Like, you, you don't like this ballad? Well, try on this, like, country hoedown. <laughs> that is um, Because it's, like, that can fit the mood of the moment or even the character that's performing it. Like, you can adjust to various uh, parts of the musical that's influencing that different style. It's fun. So I, I would call that 
I would call that genre the pat the 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 patchwork genre, right? Like a little bit of every style, that kind of thing. Um, I also, I'm sure that you guys have talked about that podcast musical, Thirty Six Questions. Do you know what I'm talking about? We no, not actually, actually. no. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, we're, we're well, what's called bad at our jobs. No, no, and, that's okay. Um, well, that's the thing. There's so much content, you guys. Like, you know, I, I mean, I've listened to hundreds of musicals and then like, you know, people are like, but you you don't know Follies? Well, okay, I've never been in Follies. I've never been around any place <laughs> that's like producing Follies. Like, I did, have not had occasion to fall in love with Follies. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry. Uh, so we can't afford to be snobs with each other. Like, you mm-hmm. could say like, I've never heard Hello, Dolly. And I'll be like, good for you, you know? <laughs> so I mean, I feel like those guys though, they completely invented a genre. Like the that podcast musical yeah. was just very excellent. Mm. Um, and it does a lot of what theater's supposed to do in an auditory, you know, like we we can see we can see it. We're visualizing it mm. as it goes. Um, so yeah, I don't know, genres. I don't know. I also have like I'm a sucker for some of those like ch- like I guess. So I was in a production of The King and I when I was a little kid, and I just love The King and I. Like I know it's got it's very problematic, and I know there's a lot of things that are is wrong with it. I'm not sure that I would produce it. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that like golden era, those golden era musicals, The Music Man is like yeah, Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of. Yeah, those guys. Schmaltz. Yeah, you know exactly where you're, what you're gonna get, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a nice thing to see it. Did you did you know that Stephen Sondheim? I just found this out. Stephen Sondheim like knew Oscar Hammerstein when he was a kid. Huh. I think Stephen I read Sondheim, that. Yeah. yeah he was recently. like his mentor. Yeah. Well, now that Sondheim's dead, yeah. it's all like, here's my <laughs> Sondheim story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's well, here's my Sondheim story. So I, I had never met Stephen Sondheim. Uh, so calm down. But um, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I had the the soundtrack to the Dick Tracy movie, which I would argue is a music. A lot of the best movies in yeah. the eighties, like, were basically musicals, mm-hmm. like Three Amigos, kind of a musical. <laughs> and I would argue, and that's that album, "I'm Breathless," the Madonna album. Mm-hmm. I listened to it on repeat. I was eight years old, and I was like, "This is awesome!" But there were three songs in particular that were my favorite ones. And then much later, I found out that those three songs were written by Stephen Sondheim. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was all the same producers. It was all the same vocalists. It was all the same instruments. It was all the same everything. But even as an eight-year-old kid, I was, like, tuned into, oh, this is, like, excellent. Like, this isn't just, like, good. This is better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, like, story about Stephen Sondheim. I didn't even know I was a Stephen Sondheim fan until after I'd become one. Stephen Sondheim was on some Sia shit. I had no idea. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, um, is there... I did a terrible job answering your question. Like no. those, those like zero genres. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, de- I, I decline to. Uh, yeah, I I reject the idea of genre altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't believe in that. Yeah, That's next. Fine. That helps us. Makes um, it easy, makes our job easier. Going cool. off of uh, that Madonna album, is there an album that you would want made into a musical, like uh, as a concept musical or a jukebox musical? Uh, yes, for <laughs> sure. Um, although I'm having a really hard time choosing which of the three albums. Uh, so like from 
what, what is it like 1997 to like 2001 uh ben mm-hmm. folds five released three studio albums why did yeah. i was gonna guess it was a ben folds yeah. album I, I was gonna guess it was a ben folds album <laughs> i'm told i look i look like him and, you know, yeah i mean i i don't know i guess you listen to somebody's music enough and you just kind of turn into them mm-hmm. um those three albums the self-titled album and whatever and ever amen and the unauthorized biography of reinhold messner kind of work together to paint a picture of this like gen x guy with his like you know group of friends in chapel hill north carolina and he's like smell y'all later i'm going to hollywood and he goes out to hollywood to try to be like an actor and screenwriter and stuff and fails and has to like come back to north carolina and like start a band um and and that's like ben's similar to his actual story Mm -hmm. but there's so many great characters in those three albums there's that song kate which is just like maybe the best song yeah written and that song alice childress and um the song about the guy getting up in a tree on acid and like coming down a born again christian like these are great sequences i'm not familiar with this (laughs) yeah you gotta listen to these three albums and and you'll be able to imagine it you know it's got a it's got it's got a cool feel to it. And it's, it's kind of like, like the like failure in your twenties that mm. I'm really interested yeah. in that story. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised to hear that Ben Folds doesn't have a musical. Yo, get this. He is working on a musical as we speak. Oh, what? yeah. He, cool. and so he's, he's writing songs for a Mo Willems uh, book. Do you know about Mo Willems? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote the the pigeon on the bus. Yeah. So there's going to be a kids musical. Oh, fun! Uh, I think written and directed by Mo Willems with songs by Ben Folds. Wow. He also he also wrote the songs to that movie Over the Hedge. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That was actually my first. <laughs> yeah. That was my first introduction. <laughs> yeah. To so, ben Folds was Over the Hedge. That's one of the you know like those animated movies like stopped leaning into being musicals. They were like, hey, if we just put some pop star like singing yeah. some songs, I blame Phil Collins. <laughs> uh, thank Phil Collins. I, I I'm sorry, but in on this podcast, we are not allowed to slander Phil Collins and the amazing work that is Tarzan. Because okay, you're right. Tarzan is awesome, but you but you know the difference. Like this was when yeah. they were like switching oh, yeah, over sure. from yeah. you know Jane doesn't sing a song. No, she totally could have, but she didn't. Um, and then that kind of opened well, and, it up for and, like yeah. yeah pop stars to make like uh you know an album for music for the movie you know sure and, and there there was a decision that like totally made sense for Tarzan because you know the the whole reason Trash in the Camp exists because Rosie O'Donnell was like I'm not going to be in a Disney film uh if if I don't have a song <laughs> and so they're like okay let's figure out something but the whole idea was oh if we have Phil Collins singing everything then um the communication issue between apes and humans doesn't exist because it's like from this outside perspective like it totally makes sense and it makes sense for the idea and it doesn't make sense for any other like choice (laughs) right like it doesn't work i appreciate what you're saying william but we have to stop for a second because richie just pulled out a kazoo oh yeah yeah well Um, i was just like (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it like in sync like they, i think they got in sync uh, uh, and sing that stuff what 
they yeah they there's a version with Phil Collins and and Justin Timberlake and, and that whole crowd <laughs> uh, singing Trash in the Camp and it's great. There's a version of uh, Find My Way that is by um, oh god what's his name uh, Michael Bolton. He Ooh, sings yeah. the, the he sings the um, the the hercules i will find my way but it's michael yes. bolton with all of his michael bolton ness oh man i love yeah. michael bolton he, yeah the, it, it was the michael yeah, was bolton the is my phil collins <laughs> 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 yo do you know that that song but i hope you guys don't get sued but you know i'm loving it well now <laughs> we're gonna get sued because you finished it but... sorry okay but... <laughs> we'll bleep it that's we'll justin it. timberlake Justin Timberlake what? sings that. No, yeah, I didn't him. know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. Yeah, because you, you always just assume it was something that's been around forever. The, the, no. But it was, yeah, I guess it was a jingle in the 90s. Now we it, need Britney yeah, Spears like, to remake yeah. it, though, because Justin's no, out. Please, Justin's no. out. Justin's out, Britney's in. <laughs> Justin's out, Britney's in. <laughs> tell us a little bit, actually, tell us a little bit more about the musical that you're writing. Um, you, you just brought it up, and I'm just interested. Yeah. So, okay. Um, well, so I had, (laughs) I had submitted a play of mine, a play called family business, uh, which is about some grown, grown people. It's the, the, they're 30 year old twins. Uh, and they have to like move back in with their parents and they accidentally all get really high on jelly beans. Um, (laughs) It's, it was just like, you know, it's just like my It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia style play. Mm-hmm. And I submitted it to this theater um, and I was, uh, because they were having a contest and I didn't get selected. Like, surprise, surprise. Um, uh, but then so I followed up with them and I was like, hey, you know, like um, I do freelance work and, you know, I know my play's not really right for what you're looking for. But what are you looking for? And they got back to me and they were like, well, actually, you know, we have this program that's a theater truck that goes to, you know, tours around and like the side of it, like folds down and becomes the apron. It's really cool. And they were looking for a play for young people, potentially a musical um, about, wait for it, infrastructure. They wanted it. To, <laughs> they wanted it to be, you know, about like roads and bridges and like, you know, yeah. like development of cities and things like that. Uh-huh. Things, things where trucks go. Yeah. Exactly. Like the way things work, yeah. the music, that kind of thing. Um, and so I was like, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll write a pitch for this. And my first idea was sort of a like schoolhouse rock style. Okay. Now we're going to talk about, you know, uh, bridges and now we're going to talk about hospitals and now we're going to, you know, all these different things. Um, and through that work and through that, some of that brainstorming, I realized that what I really wanted was a narrative that saw all of these things through. So the story and where it's landed, it's called Amelia's Big Idea. Um, it's about a little girl who is bored over the summer and, uh, her mom wants her to take her dog for a walk, but there's no great place to take the dog to run. Mm -hmm. And she gets the idea that she wants to build a dog park in her town. Um, so she writes letters to the mayor and she goes to city council meetings and she, you know, gets support and does all the things that you do, uh, to try to garner, like, you know, to, to be civically engaged. So it's basically, um, a musical for kids. It's like Parks and Rec for kids. Oh, 
Um, and it. Amelia is my little like Leslie Nope, little 10 year old Leslie Nope. That sounds so fun. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. So, so the theater is called Butterfly Effect Theater of Colorado. Um, and I have amazing collaborators on it. So they brought in another writer and a songwriter, um, this great folk singer, Edie Carey, who has a new album, by the way, Edie Carey. Check it out. Oh, okay. Um, and so we fleshed out the songs together and, um, uh, and worked on the script along with Heather Beasley, who was on staff there at Betsy. Um, and yeah, we just had a workshop. They like cast actors. There's a director and an amazing music director. It's just really cool to see it come together. That's awesome. When is it premiering? You said the end of the summer. Uh, I think that their first date actually is June 9th. Ooh, wow. Um, but it's like, it's, it's, yeah, if it's in Colorado, yeah, I don't think it's going to be in the winter. No, probably not. But, um, yeah, so it's going to like boys and girls clubs and libraries and things like that. And, uh, um, I'm really proud of a lot of what we put together and, uh, it's, re- it, it happened really fast. You know, I approached them, I think in October mm-hmm. and now we have a play going wow. up in June. Yeah. There is a Richie Canada album on Spotify. I don't know if that's you. That is I, me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's no, I recorded that album when I was 17 and 18. Nice. Um, it's crazy embarrassing. I don't know if you listened to any of it. I, I thought it was um, pretty good. I, uh, you know, it's all right. But okay. So, but get this. So, so my dad who like, you know, produced it, um, when we made the album, he was like, yeah, okay, well, you know, like we're going to spend X amount of money and I'm going to get you a bunch of copies of the CD that you can like sell to your friends and like, That's you know, fun. put on That's consignment cool. and stuff. Yeah, it was great. Except for now I'm 40 <laughs> and I still have thousands of copies of, <laughs> of this CD. And like, and I had no idea that like CDs were going to be- become like rotary phones. I had yeah, no just, like, clue. Die. <laughs> yeah. So like, and they're on my porch. My wife is always like, you gotta throw those CDs out. And I'm like, well, I can't really throw, you know, they're like worthless. Like they're not worth anything. Like you gotta S- send them our way. We'll give them out to everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I'll mail you guys. Some. Yeah. yeah send we'll, me your mailing address. we'll run a contest. We'll run a contest. So everybody can win a uh, Richie Canada. Uh, CD. <laughs> yes. I would. I really appreciate that. The contest will be mail Richie fifteen dollars, and uh, you might win a CD. If they mail me fifteen dollars, they can get five CDs. <laughs> I mean, because like they're. I have a lot. I have a lot. Could you, um, I'm just curious about kind of like the process of writing a musical or writing a play, like from the start, like you get your idea kind of from there. Like, what do you, what do you do? Uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. I feel like all of my plays have kind of come to me from different directions. Okay. Um, You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I really want to tell a story that takes place at something like a Chuck E. Cheese. So I have this play that I wrote, Birthday Showdown at Penguin Pete's Pizza Emporium, (laughs) (laughs) which is like a Coen Brothers for kids. Um, And people just treat each other terribly in that play, but it's a play for kids. Um, 
And I didn't know anything about the story that I wanted to tell, but I did know that my, my assets were, okay, there's going to be a ticket counter. There's got to be pizza. There's going to be a ball pit. There's going to be an animatronic band. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, what's the most interesting like group of people I can, you know, have interacting with these given circumstances. And that's when a story starts to come out, you know? Mm. Um, so then it was interesting to me, you know, that like, oh, I'll have a, like a little 10 year old girl and she'll hold everybody hostage and lock them in the ball pit and, and, you know, take over the animatronic band and, you know, make it play Megan Trainer songs. So, <laughs> which is what that play is about. Um, and so, you know, that came from like the, the you know, the environment. Um, recently I've been doing commission plays, right? So because Betsy was like, we want to do an infrastructure play. Um, at first I kind of felt like limited by that. But then, you know, infrastructure is like basically everything you see that's not grass. Yeah. Um, you know, and so then it was like, oh, I see. Well, this can kind of be anything I want it to be as long as it like ties back into the theme of civic engagement. Um, so, you know, it really it, it really kind of hops all over the place. I wrote a play called The Dragon Butcher, which is just like what it sounds like. There's a big dead dragon puppet on stage. Uh, that they cut into pieces over the course of the play because it's about a dragon butcher. Um, <laughs> I had no idea what the story of that was going to be, but when I had the idea to like cut apart a big foam dragon, I was like, okay, well that's 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 enough to like build a play around. Where did that um, idea come from, though? Oh, <laughs> uh, that idea. So that was uh, that started as a school project. I had uh -huh. to make five pitches. And I pitched all, I like pitched four, like really like sort of, I'm going to write a grown up play and I'm going to write a play about, you know, Enric Ibsen mm. uh, during the process of writing A Doll's House. Mm. And I'm going to write a play about addiction. And so the, but the fifth pitch was this dumb play about cutting apart a dragon. And I just thought it was a cool image. And everybody in my class, we had to like pitch it to each other. And they were like, mm. that's the one, you should do that mm. one. And Isn't I was that like, always how it goes. It's like you start out with such like grand intention. Yeah. And then by your fifth or sixth, you're like, I don't know, a horse who tap dances. And they're like, yes, let's do that one. And they throw money at it. They're like, yeah, yeah. horse who tap dances. Yes. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, because everybody's already heard what Ibsen could could have been doing. Everybody's already sure. heard about addiction. No one's yeah. ever heard of a unicorn who is scared of heights. Like, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I guess it more have had to be a Pegasus who's scared of heights, but you know. Well, you so often see images of unicorns with wings. Like, exactly. make up your mind. Like, one or the other, guys. But I guess, like, some breeds of unicorn fly. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the taxonomy of unicorns. Um, that's actually more William's department. Uh, that, uh, that would be an alicorn. Um, yeah. Are you, are you serious? Yes. Cool, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so uh, your puppet musical leads us to the question, how do you feel about puppets and musicals? Do you, and do you think we need more? <laughs> the, the reason we ask this is William is a fan of puppets. He's a puppet fan. Um, and we sometimes have a rule whenever we're, we're making a show that 
William gets, he has puppet tokens that he can use. He can be like, for this show, I'm going to, I'm playing my puppet token and we're going to get to use puppets because <laughs> we have to limit him. <laughs> so how do you feel about puppets on, on stage? Um, I'm with William. The more puppets, the better. Uh, I gotta say, <laughs> Thank you. Yo, Thank okay. You. Thank I have you. lots and lots of thoughts about this. I have a ton of thoughts about it. Um, I feel like the thing that made Avenue Q work is that you still get the emotion from the, the face of the puppet performer for the Absolutely. most part. Yeah. And so all of that expression that a puppet can't do is still present. I feel like if it was like, you know, if it was 90 minutes of like, you know, mm-hmm. like only seeing the puppet, for those of you only listening, I just leaned over <laughs> in my chair and made my hand into a puppet. Um, so, so I, I feel like you know the rest of the interview like that. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, let's do it that way. Um, uh, so I th- I feel like you know, I've seen puppets like horribly misused, um, and so I think that I, I think that you know Christian, you're onto something, which is like in uh, in moderation is maybe the right way to, to do it. But I mean, like that King Kong puppet is amazing. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen video oh. of the, of the Kong I mean, puppet. It's, it's one of my, the biggest things that I bring up in this start in this conversation. Yeah. It is. It, it's the focus of it. Yeah. And because it's so amazing, like you just can sit there in awe of it for, or, for or even the simplicity of the, uh, of the Frankenstein puppet in young Frankenstein. Yes. It's just so special when it just sort of all of the parts come together and it's just this giant man on stage. It's so great. Yeah. I mean, there's some really super cool examples, but using puppets for the sake of using puppets, I think that's what happens. Like if you're not being creative with it, if you, or if you're, if, or if it's not serving the purpose that you need it to, I did a, I did a production of um, a Midsummer Night's Dream uh where i made the lovers uh be puppets so i commissioned these (laughs) these puppets and and the reason i liked that is because it was a version for kids and so the like romance between puppets and the like fighting and arguing between the puppets like became like sort of shtick yeah um but what i liked about that was that you know again we saw we could see the actor and then you know the same guy playing oberon also played demetrius so he could just put demetrius down and become oberon um so the the way you incorporate puppetry is is more important in my estimation than the function even of the puppets mm. there is um this was William and I were kicking kicking around an idea for a little bit just to kind of show the sometimes the most well thought out idea isn't always the best one is an example of that. We were trying to think of a way to make a show about the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. But uh, we were going to use puppets. And, um, Sounds legit. Yeah, I'm, I, I would go see that play. We spent three hours talking about it before we were like, this just isn't going to happen. <laughs> oh, William, it what got overwrought. It, yeah, William, what was the what was the concept with the puppet that you came up with? Oh, um, the concept of the puppet was, it was this weird psychological, uh, like, um, kind of play into, it. it was like, 
if you just took this real story and decided I'm going to do Fight Club, but with puppets. Um, and so it was really around this, like, uh, the emotional upheaval of what it takes for someone to, like, want to be a revolutionary, like the things that have to happen to them. And this, like, struggle of, like, uh, of the state and the struggle of, right? And so it's too well thought out for the punchline to be puppets. Like, it's, <laughs> there is this point in which it's, like, you are now... Uh, trivializing like someone's uh, mental health and it just became a a, a a racking point that just that that was not um just it was it was too serious and too funny at the same time yeah i get that that's kind of yeah. that's reminding me aesthetically of uh being john malkovich yes 100 um, percent. yeah yeah um, yeah, I mean, I think that like, yeah, you got to use it. Uh, it's just like any storytelling device, right? Or any sort of tool, you know, like you're not going to put a rubber chicken in your Tom Stoppard play. And well, maybe you might. You might. Uh, yeah, you might. Maybe not uh, death of a salesman. Not death a of a salesman. Like, yeah. Ooh, well, like, what maybe. if he was dressed like a clown and he's like selling like, you know, like what, what flowers if he was that score just you in the a clown? Yeah. Or yeah. all my sons, but the bat, but the the but the ending is it's like the gun with the bang in the uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Can of snakes. <laughs> I love that. I get all my props from magic shops. It's just oh. like yeah. So that actually uh what what do you think is probably the most difficult part about making a musical or, or a play just like in general like we were just talking about like oh it's really overwrought but like what do you think is kind of like the thing that makes it the, the, the biggest stopping block in your opinion um well I, f- I feel like there are a lot but I feel like and, and you know I'm just coming out of this workshop uh so like some of this stuff is kind of fresh um uh, for me personally I'm not a great musician um I can play a little bit, um, but I definitely, am, yeah, the kazoo I'm good with, you know, the, the spoons, <laughs> the spoons pro. Um, so a lot of my challenge, and it has been especially weird too, because the workshop was happening in Colorado and I was here on zoom in Virginia, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so uh, oftentimes I feel like my challenge is, getting what is in my head and the way that I can see something working and getting your collaborative team on board. Cause the thing about theater is that you need everybody working toward an exact common goal and not everybody has the same, you know, frames of reference that I have. Um, and, and, you know, and even though like we're, similar kinds of people, you know, William and Christian and Olivia and Richie, we don't have the same experience, right? So getting getting people on board for what is a collective storytelling endeavor, um, I think is a, is a true challenge sometimes. Um, uh, but but I also think that like, there's like some typical, typical like writing pitfalls, like killing your darlings is really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you start, you, you start talking about what the project's going to be in one of your very first ideas. You feel like it's the backbone of the whole thing. 
And then as you get into the development process, you realize that like, you don't really need that anymore. You can mm. pull that, that scaffolding out and it will still be, it will even be better than what you thought. Um, so, so that's difficult too, like seeing what it currently is as opposed to like what you imagine it could be or what it used to be, or like being really aware of, of those beats moment to moment. Cause I, I, I think about writing as a moment to moment sort of endeavor, like, I'm a little less interested in like the big picture and more about, well, how does this moment go to this moment? Mm-hmm. That was a terrible answer to that question. No, no that no. was a great, that was a great. I was like, other people are my problem. I can't get other people to see it my way. <laughs> that, actually, that's, that was my answer. I mean, I mean, that's better. That's better than this sentence. Just like, Oh, what's the most typical thing? Scene changes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see plenty funding. of theaters having funding. Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Fun, yeah. Funding. Totally. Yeah. So uh, that does when you're making a play that is uh, like from scratch, it's kind of collab more. It's usually a more collaborative process. It's not like, you know, an auteur that's like, I know how I want everything to be. So where do you do you typically start with the script already written or do you kind of come to a team with the concept and you all kind of develop it together? What do you what is your process like that? It's, you know, it's changed a lot over the years. It's really, really project specific. Okay. Um, so for several years in a row, I was writing um, plays, sometimes musicals uh, for kids, for like local kids in my community. Um, and inevitably I would write a script and it would be like, you know, pretty done, you know, <laughs> ready, ready to be read aloud, etc. cetera. Um, and then I would have auditions to get a sense for who my kids were, maybe do like another pass or two at the script and get a little closer. But inevitably, uh, it was really fun to get in, you know, get in the rehearsal room with like 11 year olds. And I'm saying like, well, this is your line, but what do you think you're saying? And the kid would like say it in their own words. And I'd be like, well, that's a better line. <laughs> and, and they didn't know that they were devising theater. Right. Mm. Again, it's about moments. Um, so that was a pretty fun, cool way to do it. Um, I'm in this, uh, graduate program right now where, um, you know, the writing it's at least been my experience so far and it's all been online so far. And so it's about to be in person. So this could be different, Mm. but it's felt very much like I I'm an Island. It's been a very lonely sort of, okay, I'm going to write this. I'm going to hone it and craft it and then take it to someone. Um, and, uh, I don't prefer that, you know, um, I definitely am not, um, uh, conceited enough to think that the only good ideas are coming from me. Um, I am conceited enough to be able to say that I know a good idea when I hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm always erring toward collaboration whenever possible. That make that makes me that makes me feel good because I know half the time with with ours we start with like a kernel of an one of us starts with a kernel of an idea and we go and we go and about halfway through we're like wait no 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 never mind change it all change it all you don't like this <laughs> do something different I I reject the language of no <laughs> I reject it and here's why it's because so I've directed a bunch of plays too I feel like in fact I you know primarily in my career I've been a director which is a very strange thing to say because I've done a lot of acting a lot of I I feel like a director the most 
and I learned some awesome stuff um, from Second City. I did a Second City workshop. You guys are in Chicago, right? I am. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, it was about like the idea of applying the tenet of improv, say yes and, mm-hmm. to more than just keeping a scene going. And instead applying it to, you know, work meetings and a way that I used it in rehearsal was rather, you know, when it was time to like give notes, I was never like, hey, don't do it this way. Instead, I would say, hey, I really like what you're doing here. And I like what you're doing here. And I'm just going to say yes to this and add a little bit of this. And eventually you don't have to say no eventually all the things that you would say no to have gotten some kind of affirmative replacement that you end up so much more on the same page. So I would be, I would tell you, Christian, like when you get halfway through your story and you're like, no, just see what you can do about saying yes to like the last idea and adding an and to it that might, it could still be a soft no, but (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes you have to, like, go back. You have to, like, tap mm-hmm. undo six times. You know, sometimes tapping undo twice won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and don't be afraid of, of doing that, too. You know, I, I think that there will be an ending to every great idea. I've got a bunch of ideas I can't quite complete in my brain. Um, but I'm so much about, like, pre-writing. Like, I, I have to get it right in my brain before I share it with anyone. And mm-hmm. that's a terrible place to be. <laughs> don't don't do that we don't do that here yeah. we oh no we don't, all our yeah. terrible ideas at the wall. oh right they're all on display yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we've got 24 episodes of them <laughs> oh yeah I, I was like i'm gonna write a play about rachel dolezal and and everybody i knew was like don't do no that's a bad idea don't do that i was like I, i'm gonna do it like just don't do it so i haven't it's rachel, a journal play it's for- rachel dolezal is I, i'm blanking I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, fair enough. Then, then <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna nod like I know knowing we're just gonna a, move. We're gonna a move. person who exists. If Olivia wants to like avoid those laser beams and try to explain, uh, it's okay. We can. No, Google okay. <laughs> so, um, tell me about why you think. What do you think makes musicals? like more popular than plays just on on the whole obviously yes there's very popular plays but broadway's broadway and when people think of broadway they think of wicked they think of lion king like what what do you think makes them more popular honestly i think it has to do with our dream of feeling included in the kind of um communal uh, oh, kinship that we see present in a musical. Um, I think that so many people, like, I, I don't know, for, from, from my point of view, my very favorite musicals are the musicals that I was in, right? Or, yeah. or that I like ran a spotlight for, I watched it 20 times, or I directed it or whatever. Um, the ones that I've become like intimately acquainted with. Right. Yeah. And so many people were like, Oh yeah, I was in Fiddler on the Roof in high school. That's my very favorite play. Um, and I feel like musicals feel like something where, where there's so many people banding together because there's all the, just like, you know, 30 people on stage and costumes and lights and they're all like synced up together. 
And there's something like visceral about the idea, and for me, very emotional about the idea of, you know, 50 people who were strangers five weeks ago coming together yeah. and doing something that seems like effing magic. It seems, it seems like magic. It's a little harder to do that with like a three person play, you know, that's like, you know, about the topics of like, you know, poverty and mental illness and even, and even like the funniest, most like body, you know, like uh, Kaufman and Hart style plays, I wouldn't call them like body, but though, even those chestnut plays like pale in comparison to what it feels like to see the visceral experience of hearing great music. Like you don't forget the first time you heard uh, how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman. You just don't forget that. Like the way that that feels. And then there's like, you know, 30 people. Um, So I think there's like, there's something ingrained about the spectacle involved. And even, you know, even small musicals, just the presence of music um, is like maybe spectacle light. But we like, Um, we like connect with it. We, we have a bio, like we have an ingrained response to do something with music. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah. Cause you want to clap, you want to dance, you want to move. Um, it's more it universal, like just language wise. I mean, people, you can listen to anyone's music and understand so, or you connect with the feeling that they're trying to provoke. Whereas like language barriers can maybe be an issue uh otherwise with just speaking roles like i hadn't even considered that angle but yes exactly that's right in the same bucket yeah i mean we should ask my mom too because she definitely preferred going to any musical that i was in versus (laughs) like a a shakespeare play probably because we weren't performing them well yeah i don't understand what the hell is going on so (laughs) i mean i i worked at a regional theater uh for a long long time and you know, the challenge of getting people in their 20s and even in their 30s out to the theater became a, a, a more and more dire and scary prospect as things like, um, you know, live music at bars and escape rooms and like um, there was one of those uh, destruction rooms where you could like, you know, mm-hmm. beat up a computer with a baseball bat. Like, there, I think a lot of folks are looking for experiences mm-hmm. and the straight American theater, you know, as we know it, or as we've come to know it, like is one of those places where you have to like go in and be quiet and you can't even open candy mm-hmm. and you have to like know the rules and you have to dress mm-hmm. up and you have to do all these things. Um, and I feel like theater that is embracing the idea that this is an experience, it's an event, whether it's a musical or not, there's something different about like, hey, we're in Margaritaville and like, you know, <laughs> sitting there silently and like, you know, hearing people shout at each other because they're mad at their dad or whatever. Yeah. You know, 100%, like, yeah. I just feel like there are compelling stories and I love, love, love theater. And like these plays that I'm throwing under the bus right now are great plays. All My Sons is a great play. Yeah. Um, but if I want to, you know, if I want to like make people feel thrilled, I'm going to produce little shop of horrors instead. Like mm-hmm. it's all, yeah. And it's also an, <laughs> an element of accessibility because you don't get audio clips of like 
tremendous moments in straight theater but you do get albums from musicals where as like not all audiences can afford to go see theater or because there is a you know I mean especially on Broadway there's an accessibility of being able to afford the tickets and that that applies to musicals too but you do get an album you could just listen to I haven't seen I still haven't watched Hamlet I'm just gonna confess it I know it's on Disney plus I mean Hamlet I haven't seen Hamlet or Hamlet um I haven't Lin-Manuel watched Hamilton Miranda's yet Hamlet <laughs> oh yeah, that would be <laughs> Sorry, to be or not to be. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen Hamilton yet, but I have listened to the music and I'm like, I get the hype from just the music. I'm sh- I know that the, the, the storyline adds to it. Um, but yeah, you do have that opportunity to just kind of engage with this, with the music and the story before even seeing it live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, so you guys are obviously like, there's a musical of it now too, but that, that part in school of rock, right. Where Dewey, is first getting the kids to play the music, right? Yeah. Like, so even just like a bass line and like a hi-hat with like a little bit of a groove already is giving your body something visceral mm. that it's really hard with just like your own, your own person and your own visage and your own voice to do things that feel as electric, like, in this case, literally electric, um, as even the simplest, you know, when that scene, when that scene in that movie happens, you feel amazing. It's like these kids, you you feel the way he feels. I think that we're just so like viscerally connected to music um, as something that's so universal and so, um, so moving. Um, That's why the Grammys were so much better than the Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The Oscars this year were somewhat interesting. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, I was writing a play called The Fresh Prince of Burnt County, Virginia, um, which is about a guy who like writes a letter to Will Smith. He wants to write him a new song. And I was like, I was all into it. I had scenes written and stuff. And then Will oh, no. Smith smacked Chris Rock. And I was like, well, I'm going to throw that play out. <laughs> oh, no. So I had to start over. So we have about we have about five minutes left. We've got a little bit of time left. Uh, I want to leave it open to you. We we could either do some rapid fire questions, you know, just like some burn through some silly ones, but also some kind of like some serious ones. Or uh, Olivia had a game that she was thinking about doing, which is um, we take this word finder and, and it's a random center sentence generator, and we generate three random sentences and try and make a musical off of that. Which would you rather do? I love the game. Let's go Let's for the game. Let's do the game. game. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. So our three sentences are, he can't take the joke. Your mom is so nice for giving me a ride home today. And Tom kept me from making a big mistake. <laughs> oh, <Ooh. no. laughs> okay. Okay. Can I have those again? Yes. Yes. I'll, uh, wait, can I copy these? Uh, okay, I'll just say them again. He can't okay. he can't take the joke. Your mom is so nice for giving me a ride home today. And Tom kept me from making a big mistake. Um Stacy's mom, the musical. <laughs> uh, but it's all a joke from one of the one of the friends is just messing with him. Oh, so so Stacy's mom is not actually game. No. 
Okay. <laughs> so yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm pulling up from that one. I don't want to, I'm steering away from that one. I think the Stacy's mom musical, I think that like fountains of Wayne would be like, so thrilled that <laughs> yeah. they were back in the public consciousness that, that they would be on board for this. Yeah. That, that's all I got is, uh, <laughs> Tom kept me from making a big mistake. I feel like it's a Yo Mama musical. Yo Mama. Uh, Yo, Yo Mama, Mama the musical. Hosted by, what's, who's the guy? Who's the guy who used to host? No, it was. He hosts everything. Yeah, no, but I think guy? he did. I think Nick That's Cannon hosted the Yo Mama, the MTV um, Wildman Out. <laughs> I think oh. Is that what that show was? Maybe. <laughs> I think that was a rap battle but it might have been you i can't remember there was yeah, yo mama knows? with whatever his name i forget his name yeah. anyways um it's a yo mama battle one guy can't take the joke and then your mom is so nice for for giving you a ride home today is um maybe it's his best friend actually saying something like genuine and he's like are you trying to make a yo mama joke at me because <laughs> i just got burned so bad in this battle <laughs> And then he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that character like doesn't understand what your mama jokes are supposed to be like. <laughs> yeah. Your mom's bread is so fresh <laughs> that it just melts like butter in my mouth. And like they're like, you know, ooh. Your mom is so considerate. I bet she asks you about your day when you get home and she gives you your undivided attention. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. oh! It's like yeah. that, it's like that super hot fire that um that video with the the guy's like I'm not a rapper and then he doesn't do anything and everybody just freaks out. Yes, yes. I that reminds me of the Flight of the Concord song. Yes. It goes, uh, I'm the hip hop hippopotamus. My rhymes are bottomless. Uh, I used to know all the lyrics. So <laughs> Yo, that guy is so, real talent. So Brett McKenzie, like one one half of Flight of the Concords, he wrote the songs for the Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, and that is by far the best Muppets movie. I will die on that hill. Oh my it's gosh. such a good movie. I don't know. I, check I, it out. Yes. I, 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 we, we don't have enough time for <laughs> us to get into a Muppets discussion. Uh, <laughs> we'll see Jermaine Clement. Anytime I see Jermaine in anything, I am thrilled. I'm like in love with him. I, he's always Absolutely. a surprise thing too, that I'm like, yeah. why didn't I know he was in this? Yeah. He's playing a big light up crab in this movie. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. So what's the, uh, Richie, what's your pitch? Oh, geez. Okay. He can't take the joke. Your mom is so nice for giving me a ride home today. Tom kept me from making a big mistake. Um, uh, uh, oh man, this is so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I like, I like your idea, Christian. I like the, I like the your mama competition. Or was that what you, that was? That was idea. Olivia. That was Olivia. Okay, I like Olivia's idea. Let's see. Um, I would make this uh, pitch into. Um, okay, so it's Hamlet in high school, <laughs> right? And so, um, it, and this is like kind of from the point of view of Laertes, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like not being able to take the joke. I feel like there's like a there's like an air of like bullying in this. It, all of it okay. kind of feels like high school to me. Very yeah. after school, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it's some kind of like heightened soapy, like the OC, the musical, <laughs> or you know what I mean, like some kind of like uh, like Degrassi style. Yes. Uh, bullshit. But not not Euphoria. No, because if we do Degrassi, we can, we might be able to get Drake to write the music. 
Oh, yeah. So you've got that Drake connect. Yeah, yeah. You've got that Drake connection. So then okay. you, you might be able good. to get him to write the music. Got that Drake hook. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I'm just, I'll just ask you guys questions now. Um, so Drake writing a musical, like that's that's really something. Like who's who's your artist that you'd love to hear do a musical? Dolly Parton. Has Dolly Parton done a musical? You wrote nine she to five. She did nine to five. She did not do yeah. nine to five. She yes. Did nine to five. Okay. But um, did she write all the music or did she just I think it's a jukebox. Five? I think it's a jukebox. No, okay. she, not? she didn't, she didn't read all, the, she didn't write all the music. The music is just written of that, but nine to five is the beginning of the show. Right. Um, I want yeah. a very, I want a very uh, moody Fiona Apple musical. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what I want. That would be like a, a really great jukebox musical too. Yeah. A musical. Yes. And I want yeah. like all of the set to be like what she's incorporating. I want there to be like live dogs running across and it's all like a, a recorded live album too somehow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like everything. I love that. Yeah. Well, I was, I was an emo kid in high school. I was very pop punk, but you're already kind of spoiled for choice there because they've already got that. But I think it would be fun to have that like post-punk metal uh, musician, like see see musical theater people have to try and learn how to metal scream. I think I would want, I think I would want one of those bands to make a musical just to see what would happen. Name one, who? (laughs) Uh, Bring Me the Horizon, Under Oath. Uh, Skylit Drive. Do you want me to keep going? Because I will. Let's do only Christian metal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, So Screamo the musical. Yes. All right. And it's a it's a slasher. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You know the Foo Fighters just released a horror movie. Yes. Oh man, what a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What? Who did? The Foo Fighters. Fighters. Oh, Foo Fighters. Oh God. Yeah, they made a they made like a horror movie comedy. Oh, I love their uh-huh. their album. Their most one of their most recent albums is Hail Satin. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> it's a bunch of covers. Funny. It's a bunch of BG covers, and it's called Hail Satin. Oh man, <laughs> I love that. That's boss. <laughs> uh, William, what is William? What's yours? I'm I'm trying to think about that, and you know, I think that the the really sad thing is that it's already happened for me. Mm. You know, I I already have my Sarah Bareilles musical, okay. and I and I don't necessarily need another one. Um, God, waitress is so good. Yo, yo, I mean, I hate to like get on your podcast and like name drop, but my friend <laughs> Edie <laughs> Carey, Edie Carey, who has that folk album, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like yeah. available on Spotify or wherever you stream music. Sure, uh, is friends with Sarah Bareilles. Oh. And, yeah, and and so like they were in touch because Edie had never written a musical before, and Sarah Bareilles had never written a musical before mm. Waitress, yeah. um, and Sarah Bareilles is friends with my man Ben Folds. Of so course, yeah. if we can get Drake and Sarah Bareilles, <laughs> Ben Folds, <laughs> let's do an only sure. celebrity musical. Some way. In the box. I love that. It's a, <laughs> a mixtape. No, mixtape the musical. Ah, the mix yeah, there of you go. Oh yeah, that is yeah, like rock yeah. yeah, that's just rock but, like, but shittier music. Let's yeah, yeah, rock. yeah. <laughs> Call a spade a spade. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I think we learned. Hopefully, we learned some good lessons. For you didn't learn anything from no, me. No, you did, yeah. no, no, uh, you did not. But it's okay. 
if people want to learn more about your work, um, things that you're doing, do you have a website or anything or? Not really. I'm on the, I'm on the new play exchange. Okay. Um, so if you're a member of the new play exchange, you can download my scripts for free and read them. Just don't produce them without letting me know or whatever. Uh, no, I, you know, it's a funny, like, so I, I spent such a long time being part of one company um, and then I was like, I'm going to strike out on my own and I'm going to go, I'm going to go and like, you know, start my whole life in a new city and do a new town and I'm going to bring my family down here. And that was the 1st of March, 2020. Oh, and no. Then, <laughs> so then two weeks later, I was like, okay, I'm never leaving my house again. Like, and it kind of <laughs> like, st- so I haven't, I haven't really been like uh, hitting the ground running uh, as you might say, I don't think uh, many of us have. <laughs> yeah. I'm barely keeping it together. So, yeah, uh, the, all of my jokes mask, uh, extreme pain. So <laughs> why do you think we started this? We started this yeah. podcast to begin with. We needed human oh, yeah. interaction, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, please be, let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Some, somebody laugh at my jokes, please. So um, we've actually asked that in an episode. Yes, <laughs> we have like us. We've je- yeah. we've done the Jeb Bush. P- please laugh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, clap now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> please clap. Uh, so, uh, what the the new show? Could you remind us what yeah, your oh, new yeah. show is? Where it's going to be? Yeah, totally. It's called Amelia's Big Idea, and it is being produced by uh, Butterfly Effect Theater of Colorado. Um, and yeah, they're doing a theater truck tour, so they're doing two shows: um, uh, one for littler kids and one for like older kids and families. Um, and yeah, it seems like a really cool project. I'm, I'm hoping I can get out to the Boulder, Denver area to go and see it on tour. And if you live in the Boulder, Denver area, like keep it in mind. Tell I'm, your kids to go to school that day. <laughs> actually, it's during the summer. So they're, oh, so they're doing, oh, yeah. yeah, they're doing like, uh, like boys and girls clubs and like libraries and other, you know, community hub places. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those, one of those booking kind of opportunities. Um, so yeah, that's really exciting. And, you know, I'll be going back to my third semester of school this summer and, um, you know, I'm hopefully, I don't know, I'm available to do whatever, like after the summer, I don't really know what is next for me in my, uh, theatrical endeavors. Um, maybe I'll get a website. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll come back on and say, Hey guys, you can go you to got a website. richiecanaday.com. Perfect. We'll give you a shout out if you ever get that website going. We'll just be like, remember. <laughs> remember here. this guy? Remember, hey, remember this guy? He's the remember first. This guy who, he was the yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really appreciate it. I've never, again, I've never been the first of anything. So I am like super honored to have had this conversation with the three of you guys. We Thank are so super, yeah. super thankful for you coming on. Thank you. Well, thanks. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I um, Thank you again, Richie, for coming in and talking to us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you're in the Colorado area this summer, uh, go out and go out and see uh, Amelia's Big Idea. It's going to be in the Boulder, um, Colorado Spring, I mean the Boulder, Denver area. You know, we tried something different and we hope you liked it. Please let us know how you felt about it, either on Instagram. Uh, Olivia, what's our Instagram handle? Uh, we wrote the book podcast. Let us, yeah, let us know there. Uh, send us an email. 
at we wrote the book pod at gmail.com. Um, leave a review on Apple Music, um, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a review. Let us know what you thought about it. Yeah, or write us a Yo Mama uh, uh, song for our yeah, Yo, Mama, Yo Mama song would be great. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. William, Olivia, any last any last things you want to say? Uh, I I want uh, someone make me a an a Fiona Apple musical, please. I need it. We can cut that. We can cut that. Nope. <laughs> I don't like it. Nope. William, take it out. Um, as the producer, I'm going to say that you should probably cut that. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs>